Our chapter for today is Acts chapter 27. This is an exciting chapter. Um, Paul begins his journey to Rome to give his defense and bear witness before Nero Caesar. Uh, and as this chapter will spell out to us, the trip was most certainly not without difficulties, to say the least. Uh, we read about a severe storm at sea, which will in eventually lead to shipwreck. It's a, it's a fascinating story, and one that we have thought about recently in uh, college Sunday school to help us understand a larger issue that we sometimes encounter, encounter in other passages in Scripture. And that's what I want to reiterate today. I, I mean, there, there's lots you could say about um, a story of a shipwreck, but I, this story is just so particularly helpful uh, in, 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 in helping us to understand more difficult passages of Scripture that I want to just reiterate uh, from the, this chapter some things that we've already said recently uh, in Sunday school. And that has to do with promises and warnings or how the sh story of a shipwreck might shed light on warning passages in Hebrews and other places. Um, the story of the storm and eventual shipwreck is itself an interesting story. But, but again, I want us to think about a little more deeply uh, how it, it can help us um, understand a theological issue that's often difficult for us. One theological issue that is puzzled many Christians are the so-called warning passages in the book of Hebrews and there are warnings uh, in other passages of the Bible they're called warning passages because they appear to be given giving warnings to believers against falling away from the faith and perhaps losing their salvation or so it seems so for example um, Hebrews 2 1 said therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it Hebrews three twelve warned Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. And there are a lot of other examples like it in Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 10, Hebrews 12. What make these such a puzzle for a lot of believers is because of what they we reread in other passages, namely passages that seem to indicate very clearly that believers cannot lose their salvation and cannot drift away or fall away from uh, genuine saving faith consider passages like Philippians 1 6 and I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus or consider the promise embedded in the benediction found in Jude 24 now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy or remember the promises of Jesus that we read in John's gospel uh, from John chapter 6 uh, verses 37 39 and 40 and 44 uh, all that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never cast out and this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise it up on the last day for everyone who looks on the son this is Jesus talking for everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day no one can come to the to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day over and over again. I will raise my people up on the last day. Furthermore, those who do appear to fall away from the faith, Scripture seems to teach us, were never really saved in the first place. So John says in 1 John 2, 19, they went out from us. In other words, they, they, they left the church. They, they walked away. They went out from us. But they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not all of us. So those who do fall away 
were never really saved. That is, they were not of us. True believers, John says, don't fall away. So you see the apparent rub. The scriptures seem adamantly and unambiguously clear that those whom God saves never lose their salvation. On the other hand, there are unmistakable warnings in Hebrews against falling away. So how should believers understand these warnings? And why are we talking about this stuff? If you, if you weren't uh, here on Sunday a few weeks ago, <laughs> why are we thinking about this stuff when our chapter for today was about Paul in a shipwreck? <laughs> well, I think some details that we read in the story of Paul's shipwreck during a storm at sea give us a clue to understand the intersection between promises of salvation and warning against walking away from it. If we turn our attention to the story now, let's see how it might help us untie this theological knot that we've so far described. To do that, let's consider some things that Paul says to the other sailors during the storm at sea. Beginning in verse 13, Luke describes uh, the increasing intensity of the storm. And then by verse 18, they were being, as Luke puts it, violently storm-tossed. And I suppose Paul could sense anxiety among the sailors. And so in verse 22, he makes them what? A promise. He promises them in verse 22, Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. In other words, nobody is going to die. The ship, it might not make it, but the people will be saved. How did he know that? He says in verses, verses 23 and 24 that an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and told him that they would make it safely to Rome. So again, he tells them in verse 25, I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I've been told. That's the promise. Nobody's going to die. But then something interesting happens. Several days later, the storm um, was still raging, and they... they uh, they faced another potential danger. And Luke tells us in verse 30, the sailors were seeking to escape the ship. It appears that they're going to make use of the lifeboat, but when Paul found out about it, what did he do? He issued a warning to them. He says in verse 31, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. In other words, jump and you'll die. But wait a minute. I thought Paul already made a promise to them in verses 22 and 25, that nobody would die. And now he's giving them a warning that if they jump, they'll die. How does that work? Well, I'll tell you. In this story, after Paul issued the warning, it says in verse 32, the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. They stayed in the big boat. The warning aided the promise. The warning kept them in the big boat, which kept them alive, which kept the promise Paul made to them and God had made. I think this is exactly the way the warnings in Hebrews and warnings in other places in the New Testament work on a larger level. God has made us abundant promises that if we've been truly saved, then we will never lose that salvation. But many times we are tempted to veer off the straight and narrow path, and God uses warnings to keep us on the path of salvation. The warnings help God's promise come true in our lives. The warnings keep us coming back to Jesus in repentance and faith, that is how it, it happens, that we make it to the end and Jesus raises us up on the last day as he promised over and over again. The warnings don't contradict the promise. They help fulfill the promise. It is very true that if those sailor, sailors jumped, they would die. It is also very true that if we turn away from Jesus, we won't be saved. But in both cases, the warnings kicked in to help the promise come true. 
Paul warned them, they stayed in the boat, and they lived just as promised. Hebrews warns us, we stay trusting Christ, and we are saved in the end just as promised. And that's how the story of a shipwreck can help us understand a much deeper theological conundrum from Acts chapter 27.